0: Hey guys, it's Amy Noble. I am a holistic dating coach and founder of Love Amy. You can find everything you need to know about me, including my cell phone number at loveamy.co.co. Hope you enjoy this episode. So I could not be more excited about our next guest, Miss Tatiana Wright. How are you? I'm great.
1: Thank you so much. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited too. Always oh love chatting gosh. with you.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm I could not. I'm just, I've been, I woke up excited. Um, and so you are Tatiana Wright, um, also known as the conscious diva. Um, He is. You are an intuitive and you provide intuitive guidance and you have an incredible background. And I would love to turn it over to you because I want everyone to hear exactly how you came to do what you do. And then we can kind of talk about how we did some work together and then talk about all things dating.
1: Okay, sure. Thank you. Um, well, so it's interesting because my, my first part of my, <laughs> my career, I guess, was in television as a TV producer. Um, and mm. about 11, 10 or 11 years ago, my dad had a, a monumental stroke. And mm. it was during that period that I was reconnected with, with spirit, with my, with my spirit guides and started to to spontaneously channel. Now, I'm just going to backtrack back to to television. I always was in, in tune with spirit since childhood. Yeah. I was always sensing and feeling and seeing things and hearing things speak to me. I just didn't know you know back in the 80s when I saw a person channeling you know occasionally on tv you'd see somebody or occasionally it's not wow. like it is today where uh, <laughs> we have access to so many things at our fingertips because of the internet um so back in the 80s if I if I had seen someone channeling on tv there was always an altered state sort of consciousness or an altering to the person's mm-hmm. presence I should say whereby a you know Something dropped in and they would kind of alter the way they spoke, or it would just be presented differently. So, for Mm -hmm. me, that was like a totally different thing. It was like, oh, that's not what I'm, you know, (laughs) that's not my experience. That's what that person does. So, I had no idea. And, you know, I think I shared with you that I lived in Asia as a child in Bangkok until I was Mm -hmm. almost eight. And then we moved to Sydney, Australia. And growing up in as a, as a younger child in Asia was an incredible experience because I was immersed in a culture that recognizes spirit, that mm-hmm. respects the fact that spirits are in everything, in, in inanimate objects, you know, they're in in rocks, in the land wow. that um, a building is about to be, you know, constructed upon. Um, it, you know, everybody has a spirit house, uh, whether it's in a tuk-tuk, in a taxi, in a la foire of a lobby or a shop or, you know, oh today gosh. we see them in, you know, Chinese restaurants or, or Oriental restaurants that we go into. You'll always see a little a little um, honouring, a shrine uh, up on the wall high up when you come in. But in living in, in Bangkok, you know, the temples were everywhere. It's predominantly Buddhist. And right. there's an honoring of of everything and a respect for not just deceased, uh, former living people, uh, but mm-hmm. but everything uh, in the forest, in, you know, whatever it is. So it was really incredible to be wow. a, a very open child, experiencing mm-hmm. what I was experiencing and not be told by anybody that I, there was something wrong with me or mm-hmm. that it was weird or, or I was imagining it.
0: Uh, so did you talk about it when you were little? Were you able to... De- like ask questions or
1: I, yeah I had an, a, a really amazing ama who so I lived in a hotel I had, I had a really <laughs> um unique childhood uh till I was in my early 20s my dad ran a major um five-star luxury five-star hotel brand so we were living in Bangkok because of that and it's why we moved to Sydney Australia and oh cool. and, <laughs> yeah and and so um, and so he was very busy doing what he was doing. My mum was, you know, very much living this expat life, and I had a a nanny an ama who was with me the whole time, and she was Thai, and that was incredible because I could talk to her, and uh, she, because mm-hmm. she grew up in that culture, it was uh, she would bring me to her village where they had this amazing, like a whole, I don't know if it was a spirit house, but definitely, I mean, we would. We would get on the in in a in a riverboat and go down through the floating markets to uh, her village and uh, and then I would I was able to stay the night from time to time there in the village and it was really incredible and there was like a, a some kind of sacred bird I can't remember exactly if it was in my memory it's like I feel like it was either an owl or some other large uh, bird of prey c- kind of like that that was I, I was told like the keeper of the this uh, you know sort of a, a watcher if you will of wow. the village like a sacred bird for the village and so it was yeah none of it was weird it was just like this is how it is and then she would go around we would go to temples and she I you know she would accompany me and you know you just when you're little and you walk through the streets of Bangkok there's um there's buddhist monks everywhere with their rice bowls and there are mm-hmm. uh, acharyas in training the young the, the their, their their boys you know their children uh in training to become adult monks and so you see them everywhere and it was just a really magical experience and then fast forward to to moving to Australia to Sydney it was totally different (laughs) it's a completely different culture Uh, very white very very Anglo-Saxon you know uh one all about one god and it was so so different uh and so I but I was really grateful that I'd already already had this experience with all of these other you know things and and so I I always inherently just just knew no there's more to life than what I'm now being shown or taught at school here in this country because I've already lived like experienced this other stuff so that that stayed Mm. with me my whole life right and then sort of fast forward to being an adult like I always had this trusting, this ability to sort of tune into spirit, to understand there was more to, to life than what we see. And then when my dad had his his stroke, he had it on an airplane, which did well. Oh. he was flying from Aspen to um, Shanghai in China, but they did an emergency landing in Japan. Oh and gosh. I happened to be in Sydney at the time, so I was able to quickly fly up, relatively quickly fly up there. Um, and then you would have realised he was in a very, very bad way. And mm-hmm. I wasn't able to see him uh, until a certain time every afternoon in the stroke care unit. And so I was alone. I would go to this, it was in, we weren't in Tokyo proper, we were in Narita. Uh, so I was essentially in the countryside, uh, but in a super modern hospital, uh, maybe 40 minutes from Narita International um, Airport. Uh, so I, w- I wasn't going into Tokyo because that's about two and a half hours away from Narita. Mm-hmm. And so I was out in the kind of the countryside. And I would it would take it would, you know quite a bit to get to the hospital actually, which was literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Um, and so every morning I had all these hours to myself where I would just walk down these little through these streets and these villages, and there's this beautiful temple, and I would just sit there. And on like the second or third morning, I, I was just crying and I was really emotional. And I guess because I was in such a receptive state, mm. I that was when I this whole reconnection occurred kind of spontaneously where I just asked what Mm. to do what should I do yeah. And, you know, show me, because I'd learned all these things, but not just my dad's condition, but about his state of affairs and some other things that just seemed like, oh, oh my God, like very overwhelming and I really needed direction. I just didn't know where to go, mm-hmm. uh, who to ask. And so I very clearly and very loudly my spirit guides outlined step by step exactly who I should reach out to of my dad's friends, what to do, you know. And, and because I had my TV producing background, it was so interesting. It was sort of like, oh, okay. <laughs> the to-do I, list. Yeah. <laughs> I it kind, of, kind of just dropped into this producer mode and was like okay I can know what to do, 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 do. and I sort wait, of just oh, yeah.
0: wait I have to ask how how does that present itself to you is it literally like words do you see it like slides is it just are they thoughts because I think it's different for I know it's I'm learning it's different for me
1: like how did it present to you so in that moment, again, yeah, that's a great question. In that moment, uh, it was being spoken to me. I was being told mm-hmm. what to do, who exactly the names of of my dad's friends to call. Mm-hmm. Call this person. Call this person. Tell him this. You know, tell this other person this. And then it was like you'll need to reach out to blah blah. And then I I wrote, wrote it all down. I was I think wow. I had my like I didn't have a pen and paper, but I had my phone. and I was just typing the notes down, and then. Um, mm-hmm. I, I and it's exactly what I did, and it was it was remarkable. And then I really just leant into that, and I, I trusted because it was spoke told to me in such a clear uh way. And and the difference is it, I wasn't it, they weren't my thoughts, it wasn't I wasn't imagining it, I wasn't sitting right. there going in this moment of you know crying and sadness, going sort of what should I do? You know, right. it was more or, I, yeah. I, I, a, a yeah. statement that I was I was asking for help with yeah
0: and is it I'm just fascinated so I just have to ask is it in a voice so is it a gender is it like what when you're hearing this
1: yeah it is a voice and you know sometimes it sounds more masculine but has a gentle um a softness to it Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but also with with direction you know, mm. like, like firm direction, it's very clear and purposeful. And, wow. and does that make sense? So, so, yeah. you know, it was like, like, you know, call Amy, M- Amy Noble, tell her this about your dad, and then ask her for help with X, Y, Z. Wow. You know, so you're just, you're so definitive, I, you yeah, are so hearing it. <laughs> totally. So I was like, okay. And then, and then I just was sitting there and I was like, okay. And from that moment on, I, it literally, I, I gave, over 100% to trust. I completely trusted what I was hearing, mm. what I was experiencing. And I knew inherently that, okay, something bigger is guiding everything here in this moment and I had already been practicing yoga for decades many decades I had, had a many decades long uh, practice of meditation uh, Been I learned TM when I was a child 12 or 13 because my dad was into TM and we all learned we were all initiated into into TM wow. back then in the 80s yeah. and you know it was a big thing and so I'd already had that and and over the years in my early 20s uh was really in, at 18 I started practicing yoga and was really into that and so over the decades I just been going deeper and deeper and at that point I was uh, studying uh, with Sally Kempton who's a great friend as well and she's a very well-known teacher of of, um, Kashmir Shaivism which is the tantric based practice and uh, and so I was really immersed already in, in a practice with the divine i'm going to call it yeah because mm-hmm. that even though that's a word maybe not used so much in yoga we're definitely or at least mm-hmm. in the west but it's definitely uh in india and in the east you know this the, the divine is 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 expansiveness it's yeah, uh, yeah. you know consciousness it's in you know, a source so i was i've already i was already you know immersed in in that practice and had a had a spiritual practice that was already going on you know so to speak so to start hearing things wasn't, I wasn't afraid. It wasn't weird to me. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. something higher than me is, is, is helping me understand what to do here and guiding me. And I completely trusted that. And Wow. That after we went through, that was like a two-year process of all of the things of getting my, like oh, moving my dad, he, he was in Japan for a month. I was up there for two weeks. His longtime partner, she came over from New York and we kind of crossed over. She did the last two weeks. We got him back to Australia. I was there for two years um, getting him. Then we um, re- just sort of looked after, making sure his care was in place. Then we came back to the US. My husband and our kids were young then. And then during all of this, there was always this like, Guiding force by this time, I was really like searching for. I guess, deeper meaning, other things Mm -hmm. uh, in life. How could this have happened to somebody who seemed so seemingly fit, who ran, you know, five miles every day, did 100 push-ups every morning my entire life, never never smoked, barely drank, you know, Mm -hmm. ate well. This absolute picture of health that my dad, how he presented looked amazing all the time. Um, So how could this happen to someone who who was like this, could have such a monumental stroke? So I was questioning a lot of that stuff, Uh, wanting to know, am I a carrier? Could this happen to me? Mm -hmm. You know, am I? have I been predisposed with the genes to have that same thing happen to me you know so yeah. there was a lot of that and then exploring of all of these sort of things that sort of diverted me from my from television for a few years and, and then I'm not going to go, I don't how much of my story you want to know, but. Um, yeah, no, keep going. I
0: just, just what you do now is so incredible. So just connecting the dots.
1: Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. So we were living in, in Colorado and in Boulder and I was guided to go work at, at Gaia uh, and I mm. was across the transformation channel I was producing a lot of shows for them there oh. and had an opportunity to, to film a docu-series about yoga. Uh, that I, which I was so thrilled about, because that's something I, that's dear to me. So I was like, oh, one hundred percent. Like, there's a reason I was guided here to do this. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we were filming it in India, and during that whole um, production, the pre-production and the actual shoot, the production of it, um, I, I was really meeting a lot of really incredible people, and realized there were so many other things it was deepening my practice it was deepening my understanding because also as a producer you have to become the expert as well so you can interview the experts right Mm -hmm. you've got to read you've got to really you know understand and and yoga is not uh it's an incredibly deep and vast topic it's not something that's just about the asana the physical right there's so much more to it there's so many different aspects of yoga so There was so much I really just dove into and just absorbed for, you know, maybe I guess a a two-year period I was really like in it. And then the show came out and after that, uh, I stayed in touch with all of these people, and I actually went back to India on my own a few times uh, after that, and um, just to kind of be in a different headspace, not in a produ- in production mode, you know, just to kind of have the space to to really absorb on my own and practice and stuff. Yeah. And and it was around this time that I realized I really needed to take my own practice much deeper. I was really feeling the pull, feeling this call. I knew it wasn't um it it was no longer in yoga I was like I I know that I'm I'm not supposed to be a yoga teacher per se I know Mm -hmm. that there is something else that's calling me and I one weekend it was a summer maybe four like five years ago maybe I guess now must have been maybe Mm -hmm. five years ago um I was talking to my really good friend about it and I was like, I really feel like I'm supposed to get into shamanism and, and you know, do mm-hmm. like, like do I have, I, I feel like I need to kind of like explore a shamanic practice, but I don't want to do it with ayahuasca, I don't want to do it with plant medicine and she was like, me too, like I feel like, you know, I, I'm not that I want to uh, get into it, but I feel like I, there's something, so we were just chatting about that and lo and behold, I go home that night and I get this email from uh, like Alex Gray's community, uh, he has a house in upstate New York where the uh, um, Cosm it's called. And so you get this email from them, and they're like, whoa, in like two weekends time, they were having someone come up who was a shamanic practitioner who wasn't, there would be no plant medicine involved. Oh my and my i gosh. and I was like, oh, that's it. So you send it to my friend Lisa, and I was like, look. And, oh and my she gosh. she runs her own very successful ad agency in New York City. And so she travels a lot. And my husband's also in advertising and he was traveling a lot. And I was, I was at home because I, I was in between like stuff and and it worked out that everybody was home that weekend and so (laughs) we could leave the kids with the husbands and we're like let's go do this so we went and we did it and um, we we get up there and we're separated from each other because we're friends we know each other they want to put you with people you don't know so you can you know sort of strengthen and work on whatever understanding how to tune in and stuff and so we did that and that weekend I the person I was with I learned uh, she said to me, "I see this this goddess around you. She's like a spirit helper, a spirit guide. Essentially, we were like meeting uh, spirit animals and spirit guides and spirit helpers and stuff. Ugh. And so, so she says, you know. And she, we had to draw a picture of what we, the images that were coming through for us. Mm-hmm. And so she draws this beautiful image of." Uh, this serpent goddess who has uh, wings of a she's got a a lower body of a serpent upper body of a woman um, a crown of serpents and then huge wings eagle wings and Mm. she's like oh she's just so magnificent looking she's so beautiful I don't know what she's called do you know have you ever seen this I was like I have no idea so after that weekend I'm googling snake goddess and you know all this (laughs) stuff and serpent goddess and whatever and 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 what comes up is the name Nagakanya and I'm like okay that feels right Nagakanya yeah okay and i would had been already doing some basic work with sandra ingerman who's a well-known shamanic practitioner but i knew she wasn't going to be my teacher, my teacher, teacher per se. You know, yeah. so I, I I was just doing some things with her, and they were great, and uh, and so I was able to tune much more into nagakanya But then I was looking her up in the Hindu tradition, and just not really getting anywhere. And I had a trip to India coming up, and I thought, well, maybe when I go back to India, my friends that I know there, they'll be able to tell me more. Right. And so I go a few months later, and I'm there, and and I'm like, and I'd also like, um, you know, I guess I'd I'd, I'd gone into the Met and it's like into their Asian wing and they've got these huge Buddhist uh, images on the wall and there's like relief statues from temples that are kind of serpents and I, so I was really noticing them everywhere and oh I was just like <laughs> in those traditions Buddhist and Hindu and, and so on the Asian traditions and I was like oh okay wow so I go to India and I ask my friend about her and he's like Oh, she's a goddess of kundalini. And I, and I was like, no, <gasps> she's not. Like, it was interesting. The, 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 the reaction that I had was a no. It was a full body no. It was like, oh. no. And I sat, I looked at him and I'm like, are you sure? And I was like, mm, no. And I'm like, I'm not feeling that, like her as that. She may be what resonates for you and that that might be a truth there, but it's not what I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. so as well, I was in Rishikesh and I'm just kind of down in the, in, in the, like the city part I'm going of going through and, and there's a little, um a uh, little store that I like to v- uh, visit and it's um it's like a, a Buddhist painting a tanka store and there there's always a young gentleman in there who's like a fourth generation um a pa- artist and he's learning he's like a, an apprentice uh, but his paintings are amazing and then they've got the master you know artists and so on and it hanging on the wall is this image of the Buddha with two Nagas, nugga serpents on like offering yeah. these jewels to the buddha and so we go in and i'm like oh my gosh you have this painting of nagas and he looks at me and he's like oh you know about the nagas and i said no i don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm like but i would love to know do you and he's like oh yeah and he's like they sit down he's like tells me all about the nagas and how they're the wisdom keepers of the earth and how you know in the buddhist tradition this is not the hindu tradition and then he's like you know, there's, uh, and he just explains all of this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, I've been looking in the wrong tradition. It, okay, it's the Buddhist tradition. So, mm. so then I was like, oh wow. So when we have this long conversation, I go off and I'm, I was, I was gonna be flying back to the US a few days after that, and so I'm just like, look, going on the internet, I'm looking all this stuff, and and I come upon, um, somebody had uploaded like, a page. Now that I'm looking in the Buddhist tradition and other stuff, yeah. someone I discover this like random. But not random, you know, <laughs> pa- page. And it's the Naga, it's Naga Kanya's mantra. And I'm like, oh, and, <laughs> but it doesn't tell you because that's the next page that hasn't been uploaded. But someone had just literally uploaded one page. And i like, what's this book? So, so I, I see it. It's written so from whatever the book, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get this book. So I, I go on Amazon and I'm like, shit, it's there. And it's the Nepalese shamanic path. And so I buy the book. And by the time I fly back to the US, it's arrived at my house. I, I open the box. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Book. Yeah, I like go, I go straight to the page, the, the chapter on the Nagas. I look at the, the nugget oh mantra and I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. Holy shit. I sit there. I close the cover of the book. And I see that it says, so I read the title to myself, The Nepalese Shamanic Path, right? And then underneath it's the foreword is by Sandra Ingerman. And I'm like, hmm, no coincidence there. And I, <laughs> I email Sandra and I'm like, oh, my God, I just bought this book. I've been searching for, you know, because I had been telling her I've been having these experiences. And she's like, journey on it, journey on it. <laughs> and, and then uh, so then she writes back. I'm so glad you have found your teacher. I I'm gonna introduce you to him. And then she puts me in contact with with my Bola, my teacher, Bola Nathbanstola, and who's a twenty-seventh generation. Nepalese shaman mm. and she introduces me to him over email and then we start a conversation and he's like do you have a statue of Naga Kanya? I said yes I do and then I tell him my whole story in more detail than this like how I've had <laughs> all the other experiences that kind of led to this and this was over a series of months so they mm-hmm. always say when the student is ready the teacher will appear and that uh-huh. is not a cliche I mean that is uh, that was exactly my experience and I was totally guided to him by her Naga Kanya, who is our shared spirit teacher and so wow. And so it was really mystical and really amazing. And then he basically was like, show me how you've got a position on an altar. And then he was like, no, no, you need to have a here, here, here. And then we've, did, we've been doing um, lessons for for several years now. We started doing them over Zoom. Um, last mm. year I went to Nepal and we did a very, an incredible spiritual pilgrimage uh, where I really had a very spontaneous and incredible uh, moment with, um, with the Nagas, the Naga spirits, uh, mm. where I really felt felt them within my body within my being and um mm. going into the trance states and really kind of not and you don't uh, you don't hand yourself over to the spirits i'm very much um present and mm-hmm. and know what's what's going on uh, but also sharing the experience with the spirits um feeling them in my body wow. and so it's really amazing and so that's the last um you know four years or so that's what i've been been working on and really doing and working with, with people, with clients and having these really amazing experiences and what, what happens is people are given a, in this tradition, um, which is the Nepalese, um, shamanic, so it's the caste Nepali shamanic tradition mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities interestingly to Kashmir Shaivism to Tantra and mm-hmm. and Buddhist aspects which is I was like ah no wonder like I've always been drawn to that I could and then I thought okay no wonder I was drawn to this because there's so much crossover with the deities with, with aspects of Shiva and um all, all of the pantheon of um of Hindu deities also cross over into mm-hmm. this tradition as well and we work with them energetically and, right. and learn the mantras, and we see the transmissions are all like it's all it's all transmission based. You don't like sit yeah. there and get manuals of, of information that you've got to study. It's like and then a test. It's literally like right intense transmissions and um and wow. activations and and learning the rituals, the fire ceremonies, how to do these things, how to commune with nature, the other the elemental spirits. I'm actually about to um, redo the elementals with him starting tomorrow for the next six weeks. So wow, so
0: this is incredible. And so you you know at this point feel like. here here I am, you know, here's my calling. And how does that then translate into working with clients? I mean, I ended up doing a session with you and it was amazing and beautiful. Like, how did you transition?
1: Like, how do you help people, us mortals? yeah, it's interesting. I got I really had to trust the process in the beginning then this uh, the guides would speak to me. It was like trust except when I was learning with with Sandra Ingerman, I was emulating her tradition and what she was doing she wears a mask and you know a face covering and all this kind of stuff and it didn't feel authentic to me Mm -hmm. and and nor does putting on all the Nepalese um shaman um gear there's a lot of gear there's like skirts and like like a lot of clothing and accessories and bells and Mm headpieces and all of this because I'm I'm not Nepali I don't feel like okay I should be wearing my outfits it doesn't feel authentic to me so I had to find my authentic voice my authenticity and all of that right and and that was uh, that took a little bit of time and practice because I just had to sort of trust and so I would in the beginning I would work with friends and just do do it for free because I needed to trust what was coming through the guidance Mm -hmm. and so now it's evolved to I do a little bit of a um, an invocation, um, so to speak, <laughs> where I will. I do about an uh, forty-five minutes to an hour of prep before I work with a client. So I'm doing the invo invoking happens then. I'm setting up. I do a whole thing with my altar. Uh, so I'm not. Um, I don't want to say wasting the client's time, but they it's they don't necessarily need to be sitting there for an hour while I'm sure. doing all this stuff. So I kind of yeah. have them, you know. I'll start. There'll be maybe ten minutes of it when they when they either show up on Zoom or in person, and so so I do that. They set an intention. The intention mm-hmm. is highly critical and mm-hmm. so important to the, to the session. And what um, are, what's some examples of
0: like what clients come in with, what their intentions?
1: So all kinds of stuff. Um, I have been finding people that come to me are really ready to hear their truth. Mm-hmm. So that's a powerful thing to hear your truth, because the spirits don't muck around. They're not like, they don't like sugarcoat information. And when I'm telling the information that comes through, like it's really straightforward. So I'll give you some examples. So I've had people, um, so recently I, I had a couple of clients that wanted to specifically look at, um, there was one woman who said, I'm just feeling absolute sadness in my life. I'm not feeling any, I just, I have a good life. I have a great husband. I've got great kids. I have a good job. There's no reason for me to be unhappy, but yet I'm, I'm unbelievably unhappy. Mm-hmm. So her intention was to look like uncover what, what is, what is, why am I unhappy? Can, your statement can be as simple as that. Why am I so unhappy? Yeah. Uh, and remarkable things came up for her that were connected to. And so, uh, so in the beginning of this session, um, so I'll, I'll just explain what happens in the session first mm-hmm. so when a person states their intention I do a, a little quick sort of you know, some chanting uh, then you light a candle state the intention We then we begin they, they're doing they're laying down and then I immediately sense in and feel into the communication of the spirit guides of, of the client and so then all that information is channeled to me it comes through very quickly it's like this 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 and then I'll say periodically does that feel right does that resonate with you does that make sense sense mm-hmm. and you know usually they're like yeah 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 like because or sometimes they'll go hmm, you know i'm not and then i'll and then i'll say to the to the spirits can you say it a different way can you right. can you like can you present it in a different way for them and so then they'll they'll make a modification and then i'll you know communicate that and then at one point once all the information has been shared they will say the spirit guides they'll go and there's usually at least three, but one will speak for uh, communally for the on behalf of everyone. So, so of the spirit guides that are there, it's not. I find it's not just one that's there. There's usually three, and so mm-hmm. then they decide. Um, you're you've heard enough now, and so then. At that point, we go into how, what I like to describe as an embodiment of light. And then this is like a, a huge energetic up-leveling for the person where all kinds of things are identified. Sometimes the person's body is in amazing harmony and, and just looks perfect and radiant. There's so much incredible stuff going on. And then sometimes there might be, you know, a, a misalignment and that will present itself as an orange glow in the body and I'll see that. And they, they may not even have said to me, oh, I had this, this, or this. I, I'll just see it and then they'll say like there was a man into last year who I I saw his hips and his pelvis um the this orange glow and his kneecaps too and even his ankles and he said well what happened to you and you looked like like I'm I'm being shown that you're there's a decay like an eroding that's happening with uh, the bone is literally rubbing both your hip sockets is rubbing into the um into your hips and the bone is right being into the hips and he was like yeah my uh, my cartilage is being like essentially disintegrating to, to a degree wow. from a, from something that happened at the time of birth I mean, he was born and he's been like he spent his whole adult life um wow. working you know on this to, to you know make improvements for himself and then the knees were weakening as a result and the ankles because they're taking the weight of um you know his body from from all mm-hmm. these years but anyway so then you so then after that at the end, they're given a forty one day practice. A mantra comes through that's mm-hmm. very specific. and I'm always so, so amazed at the like how specific the mantra is and how right it is for the person in that moment. Right. It's yeah. really incredible. like it pertains to whatever's going on, what they need to work on. and and you know, it's like they've got to um, continue the work. Like this is not, you know, right. I'm not. Um, healing you, you are going to go and heal yourself. I'm giving you the tools, you know, I'm sharing information with people to now be awakened to understand what they now, the action points they need to do. And the mantra that comes through energetically is going to help support what just, when, what just, you know, what they just experienced in the session so that they can continue to deepen and allow what needs to come up to come up and then work on that. So that's That's, how a session works. That's incredible. I mean, you know, for,
0: for people listening, many of whom, most of whom are single and they really are looking for love and they're trying to call in their soulmates and it's really painful for a lot of people. And I think one thing that you're highlighting here and helping us just by listening to your story is to keep the faith. There is something greater that we all have spirit guides looking out for us. And I think a lot of people, it's a very foreign concept, you know, yeah ha- and and so, I guess the bigger question is, how do you keep the faith? Maybe you have some examples of people who have come to you looking for love. Maybe they were really blocked, and maybe there's some relatable stories there.
1: Yeah, yeah. so there's so firstly, I always say, as you just mentioned, like there's the, everyone has guides, and they only have your best and highest good in mind, mm. yeah. only. And they're always coming from a place of love, only mm. and always. Yeah. And so understanding that is really key because the information that comes through, while sometimes it can sound a bit harsh, it, they're not trying to hurt you. They, mm. They're telling you the truth, that you you need to hear the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm.
1: sometimes even our closest friends won't tell us the truth because they don't want us to be hurt.
0: Right. Yeah. And, right. and yeah, and how do sorry, I like have a million questions. How do people who really feel like I don't I'm sort of a believer, but I you know, certainly don't even know how to be in touch. I mean, are there one one ways that people can start to feel into that and to, to sort of feel that or to know that? Yeah. That? Yeah.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to just backtrack quickly to, to yeah. the second part. Like you, you asked me the question: How do how, do? I have any examples of somebody who was blocked? Yeah. And so there was um, a, a man. I've had a different. So there's been different, like men and women. Um, going back to the same lady who who was feeling sadness, she was carrying, even though on the outside her life looked great. Um, emotionally, she was distraught because an event when which we were when in the beginning of her session, a moment, like we went back. So I'm showing you a timeline in this life. And I was shown when she was 17, her father died. She was the eldest of four kids. Mm-hmm. And she basically took on the responsibility uh, energetically of I need to look after, what if my mother dies? I need someone needs to be here to look after the other siblings. Mm-hmm. And, ste- and so she stepped up into this role, but never allowed herself to heal, from the grief of her father's passing, she mm-hmm. kind of just buried it and got on with it and continued. You know, went went on to work in, in a bank. You know, went quite like became quite senior in finance, a major bank, not not just you know, mm-hmm. like you know. And and so she was like, you know, running a bank. You know, just like and life just carried on until now. She's like mm-hmm. the last few years. She's just like I'm feeling this incredible sadness, and it's the grief, the sadness. Something else occurred. Um, this was a very private, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they were all private, so I'm not going to go into all the details yeah, of the yeah. session. But another thing had occurred that was the trigger for this, mm-hmm. the catalyst for the sadness mm-hmm. the rem- and the remembrance that, she never grieved for her father. And that was causing this huge block in her heart and preventing her from actually finding happiness and and being, living it from a place of love. Mm -hmm. So we really worked on that. We we unblocked that energetically. We moved through the things that she needed to do. And it was quite painful for actually a couple of weeks after the session even. Mm -hmm. It took her a little bit uh, because her body was adjusting to now the newfound uh, lightness that she was actually experiencing um discomfort in her in her like upper sort of chakra area mm. and her throat because mm. she wasn't speaking her truth wow so yep. that's one way you can get in touch and notice the shifts right and then after like we talked we we were continuing to to you know have conversations and do work like, after the, that session and then and now she's like oh my God, I feel amazing. So this was at the start of the year, this year. So then mm. there's there's been a guy I've seen a few times. He also um, has like, I just was feeling this incredible heaviness. He's, the first time he came to see me, he was like, my intention is to just like explore, understand what is this heaviness I feel on my chest. Mm. And and it was so interesting with him. He was um, a pro tennis player as a, as a child and living in Europe growing up. And he had put so much pressure on himself. He really just sort of, uh, crashed and burned and mm-hmm. had a parent that was very um, you know, strong and was like pushing him to do this and this and this and this and he actually created this energetic box around himself where mm-hmm. he didn't want to feel anymore. Wow! Wow! And was protecting himself from everything, and it that, and then it was in tat today as an older adult. It has affected his relationships with his first wife in the current relationship, you know, his second marriage, because he's been um, holding and storing so much. And actually, it was so full on for him. He, I could see this energy made of iron, energetically speaking, an iron mm. box that was wrapped in iron chains that was literally strapped to his body. That in the physical realm. Wow. Was manifesting as intense heaviness on his chest that he was feeling and experiencing. Sometimes even not even able to breathe, oh and God. so we started to work on releasing. Now some of that can just sound completely made up. By how were you seeing this? How do you know? But you know, if if people have heard the concepts of soul retrieval. Um, you know this idea, even in psychology, you know, people sort of protect protect themselves, right? Of we have the ability as humans to protect ourselves from extreme trauma, from whatever it is, and it can just we be a block. Forget. Yep, it's total a, block. It's a block. Yeah, it's in the subconscious. We don't mm-hmm. even realize we've basically forgotten about it because it's a coping mechanism of how we um, can yeah. get on with life and, you know, kind of trick ourselves into being happy in a sense. Oh, I mean, I see it all the time. Like I can feel it when I'm first
0: you know reviewing a client's intake form and i can almost feel it energetically and then i yeah. my my job is to start going down you know the path of is it this is it this is mm. it this? right i mean it's it, you can feel it
1: yeah you took a totally feel it and so to come back to your other question like what are some steps i mean some i often say to people some really easy things to to, to learn to trust and hone in on to your own spirit guides cuz they're always there with us they 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 travel through this lifetime and sometimes other lifetimes the same ones with us yeah. and they're not always ancestors but sometimes they are mm-hmm. and the easiest way is to is to you know hone in we, we all have had those butterflies in this in our stomach you know that hunch that feeling that sense of oh I need to do this or I need to do that and and people call it all different things they don't always say oh people don't name it as my spirit guides and understandably it can sound crazy or you know spirits mm-hmm. talking to me or whatever and that's cool but or just that- knowing and knowing it's you know? inner knowing it is yeah, absolutely it's that intuition that you know you should turn left instead of right today yeah you know go down the street this way today Something's like there's a reason you should be going that way today or maybe you're getting ready for work and you're like hmm I think I should like leave a little bit earlier today or actually maybe something's happening or when you're in the shower a lot of us get downloads mm-hmm. in the shower right because the negative ions in the water, we're sort of very open. You tend to just be like not really thinking of much. You know, you're washing your hair right. or your body, you're shaving your legs if you're a woman or whatever. <laughs> you, or maybe a man, maybe shaving your legs. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but it's uh, you know, it, it's interesting because that in that moment we get these ideas will flow through us. Oh. Ah, and then we're rem- reminded to either call somebody or get in touch with someone, or oh my God, so-and-so gave me that that, you know, their business card or wrote their number on a piece of paper and it's in my handbag or it's in my coat pocket or my jeans pocket or or whatever right you're like oh my gym bag I I put that person so and so their thing in that from weeks ago and you suddenly remember that's that's your guidance reminding you for a reason the moment is right now go like follow up follow through make that call see what happens you know so so those are really simple ways but we often overlook and yep. we don't take them seriously as guidance. Uh, they're intuitive hits. And yeah. I always yeah. say like daydreaming with a purpose, like put yourself in a
0: state where, you know, it's easy for you to just start like being instead of thinking, like kind of push your thoughts aside and just play and see what comes. Yeah. Because, that's great. Yeah. That it, it, yeah. The shower is definitely like there's science behind that. There's something about our logical brains that sort of dim down and our intuition and, That's, you know, many, many genius ideas have been born in the shower. They
1: have. And walking the dog even, you know, because again, you're not really, you're kind of with your dog, you know, or whatever you're you're doing. You can be walking by yourself even. You don't even have to have a pet to be out with. You can just be by yourself. Sometimes it's when you're driving the car, you know, suddenly you're like, you're just sort of in this this state of, of, of openness.
0: Yeah. And so my next question is, okay, let's just say you practice and you feel like, okay, I'm starting to feel more in touch with my intuition and sort of that knowing feeling, or maybe I'm, I get chills at certain times. And then I'm, I've been, I tell people to journal out just random thoughts, like journaling is your higher self. So starting to do that. So my next question is, how do you ask? Because I am turning 54 and literally for the first time in my life, realizing that I can actually ask my guides for guidance and I can ask them specific questions I can ask them about clients just this morning I was like I don't know what to post and they told me exactly what to post on Instagram and it was was so great (laughs) so how do you ask
1: oh that's so great you know it's it's awesome and and I also recommend journaling to to my clients too I do it myself and honestly asking can be anything like Anything, the easiest way to start, and I even tell this to my kids, is write down a question like, What do I need to know today? Yes. Yes, that's my question every morning. That's (laughs) such an easy one because it's not like, doesn't sound spiritual, doesn't sound woo woo, doesn't, you know, and it's easy to get a a feeling from that. And I want to just be really clear about the messaging, how it comes. I said earlier, everything comes from this, the place of, it's only for the highest and best interest of you, right? From, from, from love and mm-hmm. the difference between when it's our guide speaking to us it and the, when we receive, so if you're asking what, you know, what should I do today or what's my guidance, you know, give me guidance on today or even like which job should I take? Sometimes people are like got, a, got two great job offers and they're sort of torn because one's in a place that they've never lived and they're a bit worried about moving or someone's or like, should right, I do? yeah, <laughs> or these guys or these women or who, like, what do you, oh, I don't know, what should I do? You know, there's there's often what, what should I do is they come up all the time and so you can easily write that but to get, hone in on the true answer, and this is what's tricky I find for a lot of people because our head jumps in and distracts oh, us, yeah. our thoughts, oh, yeah. right? So the easiest way, with your eyes closed and your hands on your heart, i was put my left over my heart and my right on top mm. and take a few deep breaths into that space, your heart space, and feeling into it. This is a good, easy practice and it allows you to really tune in and hone in because when it's coming from a place of truth and loving awareness, only the right answer is going to be told to you, Mm. only the right answer, Mm. not your head that's going, oh, but what about this? But what about that? That's going to like sort of Mm. – our head, it tries to be too analytic, our thoughts. where They they try to break it down too much. The loving Mm. awareness doesn't break it down. It just tells you what's the right thing, right the right action you should take right now. And Mm. that can be very – very tricky, right? To to kind of understand and hone in, and not think you're crazy that you're hearing outside voices telling you to do something. The other thing is those outside voices—they never, ever, ever will tell you to do something bad. Ever, right. ever, ever. Right. They—they. They, it's not a negative demonic force that's going to go <laughs> you should go and you know hunt down this person and do something bad to them like right, ever right it's only because it's coming from a place of love that has your best and highest good in mind so if they're saying don't take that job don't date that person mm-hmm. it's because they're protecting you you're yeah. not supposed to be with that person it's not because you know, they don't like that person or, you know, you should go harm that person. It's because they're protecting you emotionally from some harm or, or some, or they're not, not a situation that a better way to say it is a situation that's not aligned for your highest. Quality. Yes. Yes. You know? Aligned.
0: Yes. I use that word all the time.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: and, and also to know that, cause I have a feeling people listening are going to to think like, okay, like do I hear voice? So I think just knowing what, try different things. Like for me, I don't necessarily hear a voice voice. It's more of a direction, but when I'm writing and I'm, I literally every morning, like my morning pages, I write, I I just dump all the anxiety I have from whatever I'm feeling. And then the next, I'll just write a question at the top of the page guides. What would you like me to know today? You know, what, what messages, and then I just don't judge it and I let it flow. And what comes out is sort of incredible. And, so just try different modes, right? Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. No judgment yeah. is key. So, so important. And, you know, it's interesting. So I'm writing a book. I'm writing a me- my memoir mm. right now. Oh, and it's all It's almost done. But I'll have, so on the point of just like, how do they speak, you know, guides. In this process of writing, I am in, in touch with my guides for very specific things. Mm-hmm. Some of it is being taken back in my timeline to be reminded of situations and scenarios that occurred so that I can write out the details and that Mm -hmm. then is shown to me either in pictures or I feel it Mm. and then there'll be other parts like right now I'm doing the overview of my book which is difficult to write actually yeah overviews I mean you know you've written books so getting nailing that overview uh is, is tough right and so i'm i'm seeking guidance on that like i'm writing things like okay i give me show me the best way forward with writing my overview what are the things the key things i need to hit to get in this overview and so This morning, I was lit. It was spoken to me. A full sentence was actually spoken to me of the things just to kind of start putting on, like literally just typing out, you know, just to kind of form the thing, um, the the sentence. So I receive my guidance in a couple of different ways. I definitely hear it spoken to me. They will say very clearly and spontaneously, uh, whether I'm asking questions or not throughout the day about something, don't, you know, um, do that or try this or, or, oh, call that person, or, you know, or, <laughs> or do this, like, oh, maybe you should reach out to so-so and ask her if she wants to, you know, do an exchange of whatever, whatever. And so wow. so they'll just like, but I, but I, but I've been really doing that. It evolves as, as time goes along and you're really practicing and, and, and your trust muscle, which is the biggest thing mm. you are then really open to the communication as if you've got someone there that you can text. Like the communication becomes so fluid that right. I know without a shadow of doubt that it's my guides talking to me. And sometimes they jump because I've been married for 26 years, almost 26 years. They'll say things to me in the shower of my husband, my husband's guides will say to me. You know, <laughs> tell him he needs to know this now, and I'll be showering, oh. and he'll be in the bar, like at the sink, and and I'll open the shower door, and I'll go, okay, hey, your guys have a message for you, and and they're saying this, you know, you do this now. Is he know. like, oh my god? Well, it's kind of matter of fact for us, you know, because he's <laughs> we've been married for so long, so he's been a part of witnessing my journey, and wow. so he trusts, and he used to always call me the oracle many many years ago, anyway, but. But, uh, so yeah, it's funny cause they'll just say stuff. And, um, even my son who's at college will text me, Oh, can you ask the spirits this question for me? Oh my
0: gosh. I love that. So uh, yeah. So
1: it's cool. So I, I have that. And then, and then other times messaging comes through as like a feeling, you know, I'm feeling like yeah. with, and and then sometimes when I'm, you know, with, with people, I can just feel their whole story. It's, and then yeah. I'm like, I don't, and, and I, I don't do it on purpose. I don't want to know someone's information. It's just like it rubs. Like my daughter comes home from school, and and then I'm like, oh my god, I can totally feel so and so all over here. like, oh shit, yeah. like, all right, <laughs> like, what? Because there's no bound. Like you know, there's no boundaries, but like, there's no the, energetically like whatever this. I'm like, whoa, this is going on in her. I can totally feel that your friend so and so. This is what's happening in her family life right now. And she's like, whoa. So I'm like, so just you know, maybe like, be <laughs> like sage. this, be be this with her, you know, or be like maybe yeah. you know you need to be there a bit more for her for for whatever you know because i think this is what's happening in her life right now and um and and i'm not i'm not like i don't intentionally hone in and in fact i have a lot of boundaries up and when i work with clients i always ask for their permission just before we begin the session um and then it opens up the channel i don't just um freely you know just yeah. pick up everyone's stuff it's why i love living in the forest in vermont i don't live in new york city anymore um, yes yes it's, yep. too <laughs> it's too
0: much it's so much i know. I'm, I'm migrating out West um, soon and I can't wait to, I know one of the first sessions that we, well, our session, one of the first sessions we had, you were, you said, you know, you can communicate with nature and communicate with trees. And I just got back from Costa Rica and I saw this shaman and she was saying the same exact thing and just how to, how to get in touch. The, the qu- next question I have for you is one that I hear all the time besides the, how do I keep the faith? Um, but it is, okay, I understand the basics around the universe and that we are all energy and that if we can get out of our own way and raise our vibration, I mean, the, the vibration of love is the highest vibration and you know we can feel it, we know the feeling, but how do we ourselves in, as humans in our day-to-day crazy stressful lives, how, what are ways, really tangible ways that we can raise our vibration? Because like attracts like, and I tell my clients all the time, <laughs> you know, we've got to move from fear to love and, and the, the higher we can vibrate and we vibrate from love, guess what starts to happen? Like how, what, mm-hmm. what advice do you have?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. So it's really, it, it can honestly be as simple as tuning into peace, mm. the peace within us,
0: mm.
1: because sometimes, and I, I would love to say it's love, but sometimes it's difficult for people to to tune into love yeah. if they haven't experienced it for a while, wow. or they're learning to get back into that place. Yep. But we all know what peace feels like, right? Mm. We understand inherently. Mm-hmm. And so when you you sit there, and it's a great practice to do before you react,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like you get an email from someone and it's really irritating, or a text. instead of texting right back, and sending the wrong message back, later regretting it. Just sit down again, placing your hands on your chest. And this is so great because honestly, you can do it. And you know, maybe you just got off a call and you were in your parking. You know, you're sitting in the car or or whatever. And before you start driving in that state of irritation or angry, you know, anger or, or whatever. Just sit because you, you don't want to be driving a car in that state you'll just drive badly. Mm-hmm. you know you could potentially have an accident mm-hmm. uh, not thinking clearly, but it, it applies to anything right You can walk through the streets of New York with that same level of aggression like you've just someone's annoyed you or you're not feeling and, just, eh! mm-hmm. and
0: you just
1: you sit all the time with people yep. so it's it's really great to just close your eyes and feel into. Peace. Ask yourself in that moment, what does peace feel like for me?
0: Mm.
1: Show me in my body what peace feels like. I love that. And then taking a few deep breaths into that, right? Feeling it, it'll feel, you'll first experience it in the heart center, in the solar plexus, where you're holding the most tension in your body mm-hmm. is where you're first going to start feeling it release the shoulders, the neck. Mm -hmm. the jaw become aware of all of those areas in the body the jaw softening the mouth opening Mm -hmm. and then go deeper you know put your hands on your thighs even if you're able to you know it depends how you're sitting cross-legged or if you're on a chair with your feet beneath you feeling that and allowing and then start to visualize that peace expanding Mm -hmm. outwardly right so then it's it's beyond you and if you're able to tune into love, what loving awareness feels like, you can welcome that in, mm-hmm. because love and peace go hand in hand, right? So having this experience is peaceful. You're able to firstly, I always say, begin with peace, because it's it's yeah. in beginning with peace that can become calm and mm-hmm. still, yeah. and then invite in the love, the loving awareness that can then open up our hearts and fill us with expansion and awareness right so then you know you don't always have to reply to someone's text or email immediately Mm -hmm. you don't I mean that's a bit that was the biggest thing I learned you know I used to work in tv something you're always getting uh, a text from someone like someone hates the show or the episodes or you know the higher ups at the network you you need to make changes and you're like oh my god yeah and it's it was just better to like breathe yeah, Let, everything everything can wait five minutes. Everything. Yep. Everything can wait. You know, no one's like no one's nothing's gonna change in that moment. Trust yeah. me. And in except for the fact that you will com- you will become a composed person mm-hmm. and be able to then write something from a different place, a clearer place.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I think that's such a beautiful practice and it's just a really great starting point to start to feel into your body. Yeah. And, and turn, you know, turn the overthinking monkey brain off and, and really just start to look inward. I think that's really so beautiful. i love that.
1: It's so easy. You can do it everywhere. You can do it on a plane. You can do it in your car. You can do it in your home. You can do it sitting up yeah. before you get out of bed. If you don't have a med- an established meditation practice, you can make that a morning practice. You know, you can do it before you go to bed. You can teach your kids how to do that. You can all do it together. No, I you know? love it. I just did it. I feel so much better. Yeah, you can do it standing <laughs> in the kitchen before you get into, you know, if you've got younger children running around, everyone's screaming and things are hectic. You know, my kids are older now, but I remember that period where you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. you know, It's, there. Yeah. it's like moments you just need that and it really helps you just continue on. Well, I, I think this is a
0: beautiful, beautiful sentiment to sort of wrap up and you are an incredible light bearer I call the very few people I know in my life who have such a beautiful vibration of love you are certainly one of them and it's just like you I love it and I, I love you and and tell people how they can find you because I you really the work you do is so special I have felt it firsthand and it really was transformational for me and and um I I was holding on to some things from long, long ago in my childhood that I wasn't even aware that I was holding on to. And after our session, I felt so much lighter and so how do people get in touch with you?
1: Thank you so much, Amy. Uh, so my website is theconsciousdiva.com. So it's theconsciousdiva.com. T- the uh, yes, <laughs> T-H-E, consciousdiva.com. And on my website, uh, well, there's also, I have a podcast as well that you have been a guest on. Yeah. Yeah, and people love that episode. If, you oh, know, it, Yeah, <laughs> they really do. It's actually one of my like top, Five, I think, or top seven <gasps> most listened to episodes. Amazing! Yeah, it's it is it is it's fabulous. And uh, and so on my website, the Conscious Diva, um, there's also I have a, a an area, a healing uh, energy healing uh, tab where people can book sessions through my wow. website, or they can also find me on Instagram, also at the underscore conscious underscore diva <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you put the v in because there is a i think there's another handle that's conscious diva but it's not the same you know it's it's totally different it's not me <laughs> that's so great and
0: i'm gonna post it obviously it'll be on my link tree on um love amy on my instagram and everywhere so but thank you so much tatiana i'm so grateful for this this is just beautiful
1: Thank you. It was a wonderful, oh, beautiful privilege to chat with you. And thank you so much. Yeah, really course. I bow to you and the amazing work you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye.